0: All right, well, I am very, very pleased today to have a guest. And I have not had guests in a while on the Inclusive Activism Podcast because... The world has been very, has made it very difficult to have guests. Um, But I'm excited to have uh, Dr. Uh, Fitzsimmons Burton. Dr. Burton, which one do you prefer? Burton's
1: fine. Okay.
0: Um, With us today, she is a philosopher, and I am trying to become more and more of a philosopher, um, but it's not my most natural skill set. It's nice because when we get together, we talk communication, we talk philosophy, and we meet each other halfway. And uh, we create new understandings with this. But I'm really excited to have Dr. Burton with us because I want to understand the concept, unpack truth with you today. And I thought having a philosopher would be perfect for this because it'll help us understand truth in the way that we're trying to better understand for all of us. So we're going to take you on a little bit of a truth journey and then end you off, end you in a space of like why we need to understand and value truth. Uh, to be our best selves and to work for a better world for one another. Uh, But with that, I want to give give you an opportunity to introduce yourself uh, in your own words without me just saying who you are.
2: Thank you, Rowdy. I'm really excited to be here talking with you today. And I have been thinking about truth for most of my adult life, so it's very exciting that this has become a topic people are interested in. Um, And I think philosophy has become more relevant the more we realize there are... Disagreements in culture, and we need to talk about them. And philosophy is a tool for doing that. So um, I have been teaching philosophy at Paradise Valley Community College for, I think I'm starting my 18th year. Wow. It's been a long journey, okay. um, and we probably share some of the same students or have in the past. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really think about them in in these trying times. What are they thinking? How are they doing? Working through difficult topics. So. My interest is in doing public philosophy where we learn how to talk about difficult things. And it's a learning process for me. It really is.
0: Yes, especially when you're trying to like connect with and understand the thinking of today. And there's a lot of, uh, I think... Stuff that makes it difficult to have conversations, that it takes time to unpack. Uh, As I was listening to your truth thing, you were saying argument, and I understand through a philosopher, right? Arguing doesn't mean arguing. It means to have an intellectual discussion to co-seek truth together. And I was like, gosh, we need a word for that, (laughs) but it isn't as loaded as arguing. Um, It's like we're co-creating meaning.
2: (laughs) It's like a... a conversation where one person puts their idea out, the other person looks at it from a different angle, puts yeah. it something else and then we give another possibility.
0: But what do we call that? I, I, The closest thing I could think of was co-creating meeting. Okay, I like it. Because it, it would take us to that. Um, so, with this, we have to unpack truth so um let's let's dig into the idea of truth and like what do we see and understand truth as? so, given that you're the philosopher, i'm going to let you go first on this truth idea, and then I will unpack it from how I understand it from a communication philosoph- uh, from a communication uh, viewpoint
2: okay, I'm going to start from the perspective of being a human okay and as a human, it is self-evident to me I meaning it's true to me mm-hmm. that I have a body mm-hmm. I mean some philosophers doubt that but I, I think I have a body mm-hmm. feels like I do and it also is self-evident that I think about things mm-hmm. and I think about having a body and I think about the things that come in through my body like sensations I have feelings I have intuition sometimes and I think so uh truth is approached through those aspects of being a person we have a body and we approach truth through our senses and that can lead to things like science Mm -hmm. and uh communication with one another and we can call that some of that subjective because it depends on the subject Mm -hmm. and my perspective Mm -hmm. and then there's the kind of truth that we are pursuing that's outside of our subjective experience Mm -hmm. that's out there, outside my head in the world so to speak Mm -hmm. and we might want to call that objective Mm -hmm. and we can get there through our senses but we can also get there through reason thinking about it Mm
1: -hmm.
2: that's my hobby horse reason I've spent a long time thinking about what is reason, what do other people think that is but minimally it's the laws of thought where we can identify it and distinguish mm-hmm. and we could make a lot of mistakes in doing that but that's where we start. Mm-hmm. I identified I have a body and I have a mind and I distinguish it from other things. So I think truth begins there with us being a human finding ourselves in the world and having to make sense of things in the world.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then philosophies develop out of that so you get like this tradition of Uh, knowing through our senses versus this tradition of, no, we know through reason, and then they clash, and then, you know, we have a whole history of that in philosophy. Right.
0: Did that
2: spark any thoughts you
0: want to add? Yeah, yeah, well, for me, again, from a communication standpoint, we have to have some agreed truth to even start talking. Otherwise, we're just blah, 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 blah. We're baby-talking at each other, and there's no sense-making, right? Right. Um, So it's hard because in communication, we can make really strong arguments for subjective truths. We can go very, very far into talking about how just how we talk about things makes truths be. Uh, The problem that I've noticed is that there's a limit to that. And so I think uh, part of the reason I wanted to talk about this is because some things are just real. And some things are just true and we might not like them and we not be a big, of fa- be a big fan of them um, But we have to try to find Collective truth ground as much as possible, especially with people we disagree with if we're gonna ever find some way forward And so for me it was getting a sense of what is this concept? How does this work? How do we arrive of those things? What is the subjective truth what are, like, the limits of those things? How far can we take them? What are objective truths? Can Is there a way to unbelieve in a, a true objective truth? And what would that do if we did? Um, and kind of, like, getting a sense of that. And then, um, like, I, we have a sense of where we're hoping to end with. But um, we're kind of just, like, taking this thought train down a path. And so, for me, uh, truth is just uh, something that um, I've heard this said really well, and it's one of the things that helps me see things, um, more truly is that any truth you feel as though you had, you should hold onto it relatively loosely. Uh, so it's like holding sand, right? Like if you hold sand too tight, like it's just gone. If you hold sand too loose, you don't hold it at all. And so you have to hold your truths very carefully because we want to end up being more truthful, more right. And so if we think we if we're for sure about we know everything, we can never be open to learning anything new. And I think if we're open to learning things new, but then also give it that rigor of like, do I see this? Can I experience this? Can I believe this? Um, Then I think we co-create our reality. We co-create truth better and then I'm not needing to be right, but I'm willing to learn. And it helps us arrive at a place of better understanding.
2: Yeah, I like that. I think we can give some examples okay. of, like, subjective truth. Mm-hmm. I, I think subjective truth is the experiences that we carry around with us that we've interpreted in a certain way, but it's also connected to our senses. So I'll give you a funny example that I use with my students. Uh, it's true for me, you know, we always say it like that. It's true for me that onions are evil. Mm-hmm. And it's because I hate them. Mm-hmm. They taste gross to me. But it's true for other people that they're not, right? Mm-hmm. So that's based on my taste and my body and my per- perception of things. Mm-hmm. But um, I couldn't do the same thing with, let's say, murder. Mm-hmm. I'll use some extreme. Um, I don't, It's true for me that it's okay to kill babies. I, yeah. I, I don't think those are the same categories, right? right? So there are... Um, some things that are a matter of taste and perspective and our personal experience that are true for us because we are the ones that experience it. Mm -hmm. But we couldn't make it universal for everybody else.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And the things that we want to talk about is universal for everybody else Mm -hmm. are the kinds of truths that philosophers are particularly interested in. Mm -hmm. And some of those things I think you and I are interested in too, like peace for society, Mm -hmm. that would be a nice ideal. Justice is a really great ideal. So we would have to come to some understanding together about what a just society would look like. Mm -hmm. What is justice? That's where we need to just get outside of our own perspective and work together at an understanding of something that's uh, objective truth. And that's the thing that we are going to disagree with each other over And it takes patience and time to work it out. Mm -hmm. But the good thing is we don't start from scratch. We have a whole world history and people who have said, this is what justice is. No, this is what justice is. And we can look at what they've said and see, why did they say that? Do I agree? Do we agree? Are there better options? Mm -hmm. And so that's how we work in philosophy towards an objective kind of truth. It's a lot of work,
0: though, you know? Yes, definitely. One of the things uh, that I think is fascinating about subjective truth is, um, like, when you believe in it, and when you test it, and when you push it, sometimes it can become more real, right? So, uh, there's an idea, right? So, let's go with, the universe works towards justice, right? So, I'm sure a lot of people could look at that and be like... I've got a lot of evidence that the universe doesn't seem to work towards justice, right? Um, But I'll say, um, if you think this is a good idea, and if you like this idea, if you believe in it and act as if it is more true, it can become more true by you adding your actions and your belief to this concept, right? Um, Because it adds one more person working toward this ideal, one more person uh, believing that's true, like... Um, it gives uh, an example of that person's lived experience and then also things that they've seen uh, with a be true. Um, so I'm curious, uh, what are some of the downsides of that, of that way of thinking when you're looking at subjective truth?
2: I... Here's what I see happening. Right now, there's a lot of disagreement in the world and we don't have a, an agreed-upon method for attaining objective truth. Mm-hmm. We call it skepticism in philosophy. Mm-hmm. Nobody could really know for sure. That throws us all back into our subjective understanding of things, and when we have our subjective understanding of things, it's really difficult to portray it to others as true for them. And so, it's almost like we're locked in this, uh, well, that's my belief and that's your belief and we can't get beyond that. So, if we could free ourselves, open ourselves to the possibility that there could be truth, Mm -hmm. maybe nobody's landed on it yet, but it's possible, that frees us to searching for it together. Mm
0: -hmm. And this is
2: what Socrates was interested in. He wanted to know the truth about things like what is justice, what is beauty, mm-hmm. what is the good life? He went around and asked people. Now, he might not be considered a, a very uh, nice guy today because he did publicly argue with people and showed them, well, if you say that's justice, that doesn't make any sense, mm-hmm. so it can't be true. Mm-hmm. And then they got mad at him and you know he was persecuted for that. Mm-hmm. But I think he was showing a method that we could benefit from, where we go, all right, well, let me personally try that on for size, and see if I could think about any objections, possible objections, or counter arguments, you know, to see why that might not work, Mm -hmm. and if I can't find any, perhaps I should adopt it, Mm -hmm. perhaps it is true. And you have to continue the search. Socrates did this his whole life. Mm -hmm. So I I do this. I talk to people I disagree with, and I say, I kind of think this. What do you think? And they give me a different perspective, and I go, huh, I never thought of that before. Maybe I need to revise what I think is true.
0: Gotcha. So I have a question uh, about another thing that because we, we listened to some of each other's stuff before we started this. And one of the things that you talked about was uh, logos, like having a logical reason why things put together and why they make sense. Um, so it's not like to push you on it. It's more to understand what are the ways of thinking that deal with that that don't seem so reason based. Because, um, it's hard, right? Because like, there's some things that like, if we went through a real scientific way of looking at the world or a real scientific lens of like trying to prove or measure everything, um, it's nice. Cause it gives us a degree of measurement and certainty and progress, but it's hard because some things you just can't measure, right? Like we know love exists, but how do we measure like love? And how do we know if it's there or not? Um, like how, and that would appear to be an emotion. Is the is philosophy or see that or understand that yeah. somewhat differently?
2: Oh no, this is this is exactly what philosophy does. So, um, philosophy began with I, I claim this. I claim this. Philosophy mm-hmm. began with the search for the logos, and the logos was this word that the early Greeks used to explain the apparent order in the world. Like, why do things have order and structure? Like, why is a cactus a cactus? How did it take that form? It's like the form of things. But not only that, why do we have the capacity to understand those things in the world? There's a logos in humans too. And there's a fit between our thinking and the world. Okay, that's how science can develop. But as uh, science and philosophy kind of uh, become separate, disciplines over time, particularly in the modern world, mm-hmm. um, science claims the mantle of rationality, and they equate measuring and science with, and the scientific method with reason. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not what those early philosophers first had in mind exactly. Mm -hmm. It was a little bit more metaphysical. It was more like, no, there might be something behind what we see with our eyes, a greater reality than what we can just measure. So philosophy, until recently, has been in the job of talking about metaphysics, what is real, what is ultimate reality like. Science can't do that. Mm -hmm. All they could do is show us what's in front of us. So... There, uh, there are two things going on. The particular Western history of philosophy has developed in such a way that reason becomes very, very narrow and, and, and maybe focused on technology even, mm-hmm. uh, where we've lost this broad, expansive view of reason. And we've also uh, developed a whole Western worldview that goes with that,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and so I think that worldview includes things like the material world is the only thing that exists. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing that's knowable, and we know it through our senses. Things like emotions, maybe we can, you know, narrow those down to chemical reactions in the brain,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and humans are just physical artifacts that, you know, are here by natural um, processes. Mm-hmm. So. There is a shrinking of our, our view of reality and our shrinking of uh, our understanding of reason and our understanding of truth, too. But it also leads to this massive skepticism. <laughs> Nobody could really know then. But it also leads to times like this where we go, there's got to be a better way. This is, this is like, we are going to wipe ourselves out if we continue down this path. So it's it's a matter of history, a matter of following ideas through, but also a, a wonderful time for rethinking
0: our history. Yeah, I would agree that. It's funny that you're stumbling onto some of these things because I feel like internally sometimes I'm getting sometimes a little bit further and further out there with things that I'm thinking or positing because um, I'm looking into metaphysics and, like, science and other ways of, like, um, seeing and viewing the world. I'm looking at, like... Um, Eastern religions and how they see and perceive things and how they talk about wow. like things like time and space. Um, and uh, there, I heard, I, I have to look into this more, but I've heard that there's a mathematician that can do a proof for if, you're, if, if, if you look at, out, like at the universe, that somehow that that proof makes it so you look all the way back at you. And so I've been wondering, uh, within myself, especially now that I'm teaching interpersonal communication, because it has to deal with the self so much. If, uh, maybe that the things that we're hating in other people so much are stuff that we just don't like to see in ourselves. And, um, rather than do the deep work of healing the inside of us, we just attack the outside of us. Um, and then that's bringing all these like horrible manifestations to, to light, like, you know. Like, I wonder if that's, like, I think maybe sick thinking, sick acting could cause, like, illness within the self, too. Again, I have no rational way of proving it, but I wonder, like, with, I mean, I know there's things that we're doing that probably makes cancer more prevalent, but I also wonder if, like, the way we're thinking and being doesn't have something to do with that, too.
2: For sure. I think if we create systems of belief, I'll call them, that are not true then we will be living a life that is not producing a, a kind of meaning that we need mm-hmm. so truth and meaning are connected mm-hmm. and when our lives are not meaningful like we feel like we're uh there's this myth of sisyphus in, in history philosophy that mm-hmm. sisyphus is confined to pushing a rock up the hill and then every day it rolls back down and he does this it's a kind of meaningless task yeah and we don't have a proper perspective on reality then our lives kind of become that and we will look for meaning somewhere and we'll find it in, in weird places I'll just say mm-hmm. we do we find it in, in places that maybe are harmful to ourselves
0: mm-hmm. well with that I want to kind of like look at objective truth right um and we'll start with pretty easy things right Uh, I know there's objective truth, uh, and I shared this story before we started, because uh, I was raised on Disney movies, and this got some like problematic thinking in Disney movies. They were telling us, like, Peter Pan was like, You just believe. You just gotta believe. If you believe like you believe, you believe, you can fly. Uh, And I shared, there's many, like, a front porch stoop that I jumped off of. Uh, My mom will say, with perfect form, like, I had perfect... Uh, arm legs out form like even to the last second before I hit the ground like I was gonna fly but unfortunately that objective reality just kept proving itself to be real like this objective reality of that we're calling gravity right um kept pulling me down to earth um tell us uh, unpack objective reality more and why is it important to see and recognize objective reality
2: Okay, this is good. I I like this example. Objective reality is... You know, I'm just going to go back to our previous conversation about the modern period in philosophy. Mm -hmm. Uh, It begins with Descartes. And he's a philosopher that said, I think therefore I am. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Mm -hmm. he also kind of separated the mind from the body and kind of said, we are minds kind of driving the body. And that kind of divorced us from the world in a weird way, and I think we're still working through that. Mm-hmm. Like, how how do we know the world? How do I know myself? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we need to first think about, is there such a thing as a human being? We can start with ourselves. Mm-hmm. What is a human? And the truth about humans is we can name what all humans have, that they only have, And that makes them different from things that aren't human Mm -hmm. we can start with that and it seems like i named them we have sensations and we have the capacity to think about things Mm -hmm. we don't always exercise that capacity to the same level but humans have that i don't know about other beings but i know humans because i teach them in the classroom every day right so we can start there is there a truth about humans and if we can't know that, then I think we're really in trouble. Because how do we go outside of ourselves to know what else is out there? Mm-hmm. So I would start with what's the truth about humans? Can we know some things about humans?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, are we finite? Do we think one thought after another? Seems like we do. Mm-hmm. And that would lead us to other questions like if I'm finite, what does that mean about reality? Did I have a beginning? Is there something else that doesn't have a beginning? Do all things have a beginning? This is kind of how philosophy starts, right? Mm -hmm. Isn't there something out there that's forever, Mm
1: -hmm. eternal?
2: And what are the logical implications? So this is how philosophy works. We go, all right, we're here, we're thinking, what's the most basic thing we can think about? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Existence. And existence is either always or not always. Mm-hmm. Is there something that's always? Now, in my philosophy class, I give an argument that there is, mm-hmm. but and I would say that's a truth that we could know. It's the most basic truth that we could know. But you know, it takes some back and forth with the students. Right. Have be agree upon. But yeah, I think that's that's how we start. Um, but I think the modern period of philosophy is confused because we confused the methods for how we get truth.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Knowing the truth about ultimate reality is not the same as knowing scientific stuff,
1: mm-hmm.
2: necessarily, or interpersonal stuff. Yeah. So that—that's a more basic question that we need to settle: is what's our method for knowing truth? Even if there was truth, do we have the right approach to it?
0: Right. Like, kind of uh, defining the terms of engagement, and how do we do this?
2: Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah, one of the things we talked about before we started recording was um, when I was listening to Dr. Burton's uh, talk on truth, uh, she was talking within the philosophical realm about the concept of argument, right? And I understand that when philosophers talk about argument, they don't mean yelling and screaming at each other. They mean like to test things and try to build things together. Um, But I was noting that in our current vernacular, argument, it has troublesome words that surround it when we try to understand it. And... Um, we're trying to find new ways to define argument rather than you're right, I'm wrong, um, that it's a conflict, that it's bad, that it's difficult. Um, more so, uh, we were saying that maybe like co-creating meaning is a way to like view this uh, where both people are respected and I think seen. And then also recognizes, you know, because I don't know that anybody has no truth to add to something too. Um, yeah. that experience has value and it needs to be respected exactly. as well um, but it's hard, hard because we it seems like we just want to know everything without taking the time to understand things
2: I think you're right and you know what I i love this conversation about argument can I step back and, and give an illustration because sure. I did write down an argument
1: uh-huh.
2: and an argument in philosophy is kind of a technical term it means right. premises that support the conclusion, Mm -hmm. logically. And it's something you could write down, and it has a certain form, and the premises are aiming for truth. Mm -hmm. So if the two premises, I'm going to use two, but you can have more than two. Mm If the two premises are in good form, and they are true, they will logically support the conclusion so that the conclusion is true. Mm -hmm. So in philosophy, an argument is how you support your truth claim. And I'm gonna give you what I wrote down. Um, I wrote this down because of the topic Mm -hmm. that we are interested in together. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's about truth and justice. Mm -hmm. So here's my major premise. So here's an illustration of an argument. Major Mm -hmm. premise. If there is no truth, objective truth, then there can be no justice in Mm -hmm. society. Okay, that's my premise. And we can say, is that true or not? We can test it, right? Mm -hmm. The next premise is, if there is no justice, then there can be no peace. Mm -hmm. Minor premise. Mm -hmm. Now, those two, when you combine them, gives you the conclusion, if there's no truth, then there could be no peace in society. Mm -hmm. So this is an example of an argument, and it's also an illustration of why truth is important for what we do.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. We want peace. I want peace in society. You know why? Philosophy... You can do it in hard times like this, but it's done better when there's peace and tranquility and quiet and and the possibility of reflection. So we do crisis philosophy.
0: (laughs) Yes, it doesn't work out really great. No. (laughs) And it's hard, too, because I think uh, it's not okay to be wrong anymore um
2: i know i'm really sad about that
0: i wish we could celebrate being wrong what yeah. i didn't think that was right now i understand it better oh my gosh i see the world more real now that i understand how wrong i was yeah i wish we could we celebrate should, that we
2: should like like give people stars
0: <laughs> yes have you heard of um there's a subreddit of change my mind i think it's called have you heard of this
2: I've heard I've changed my mind. I've seen memes about it. I've yes. been creative, i even created
0: my own meme. Mean- oh, did you really? Um, well, the good news is there's a, a space that exists in the world where people are willing to... They're like, okay, here's how I see things. Here's how I understand things. I'm willing to be persuaded. I, I don't think I'm sold on it. And I'm willing to look at other points of view. And it's this public forum, so of course you would like it, uh, that exists on Reddit just for people to share ideas and not be stuck into needing to be right.
2: I love this. I need to be involved in this.
0: Yes, you do. I think you would enjoy it, it sounds
2: wonderful. to the See, That degree. is what is exciting about our day is we have this technology and you can kind of be safe because you're a little bit anonymous, Yeah. maybe... And you can, you can try out ideas with perfect strangers.
0: Yes. It's, it's fun. I mean, this is public philosophy. Yes. So I wanted to ask you a little bit more about objective truths, like, um, yeah. to widen out the, the scope of things. Like, what do you see and understand as, because uh, I want to unpack, un, like, objective truths that are more, like, in the gravity realm. Uh, and then unpack idea of, like, universal human values, because that's a little bit more meshy. What do you okay. see as uh, some other objective truths?
2: Well, let me, let me qualify, again, something else. Okay. In philosophy, we really start with meaning. Okay. And I think this is where our conversations need to go to. You said this thing, what do you mean? And we're you and I do this all the time. Because mm-hmm. We have to understand, you know, students and... So we say, what do you mean? And then when when they give us what they mean or I give you what I mean, then you can go, is that true? Mm -hmm. And then the next level is I want an argument for that. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And then when you you get to a truth, you go, huh, that's something I really have just begun to grasp. Now Mm -hmm. I want to understand it. Mm -hmm. so that's the next level understanding is where you start to connect that truth with other truths and you get a bigger picture Mm -hmm. uh the greek word for that is sunime and it's like connecting the dots Mm -hmm. so you have these truths and you start to connect them into a system of truth and then uh then you can you can do wisdom after that wisdom's like how do i live this Mm -hmm. yeah uh One more thing, though, back to that level of of knowing things. Mm -hmm. In philosophy, we talk about, I don't know, two levels, or I don't know, uh, probably probably and certainly, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: when I think of that. Mm -hmm. So, some truths are held on loosely, like you said. Mm -hmm. It's probably true. And I think scientific truths claim probability.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: They give themselves... The option of revising mm-hmm. so most of the things that we quote-unquote know about the physical world are probably true
1: mm-hmm.
2: and that's okay we need to be okay with that we can't be certain about everything no. but there are a few things that we have to be certain about and those are the things philosophers are working on things like what is ultimate reality like what is the good life Mm -hmm. And am I living it? I mean, you don't want to be wrong about that because then you get to the end of life and you're like, oh, I just wasted the whole thing. Yeah. And that's sad. So we want to know things like what is ultimate reality like? What is a human being? How do I know how to identify them so I can treat them like human beings? Mm -hmm. And uh, what is the good for human beings? And if we know what's good for humans, we could know what's not good for them like what's harmful to them. seems like these are the kinds of things we need the objective truth about. Mm -hmm. And not just what's good for me, because that could be subjective. Like what's good for me is I like to read books. Um, But maybe that's not what's good for everybody. So we're looking for a kind of truth about what's good for the world. And that's the common good. So I think that's an objective truth we would want to know because we have to live together and not just in one generation, but generations of humans. And if we are going to make an argument that we should care about the earth and we should care about future generations, we're going to have to ground that in some truth because that means you have to work for things you won't enjoy in your life. And what's going to motivate that? It has to be a big T truth. Yeah. Something worth dying for.
0: Right yeah it's I know it 's hard to uh, i 've heard uh, and i 've understood that unless you know of something that you feel is worth dying for, then you don 't have much to live for uh, and it 's hard because there's we've been ha- we before we started this we talked about indigenous thinking and uh, indigenous philosophies of stuff, and uh, people have been asking me well what 's an example of an indigenous system that exists that doesn 't exploit anyone? Uh, And one of the best ones is one of the ones we have here. It's the canal system that was uh, dug by the Holcomb people, right? Um, They had to dig these miles and miles of canals with stone tools through the tough caliche. I mean, you know, if you've ever tried to dig a hole in your backyard, you know how hard it is in Arizona. Um, But they did it not because they're like, oh, you know, I can't wait to have this water because they weren't going to have it right away. They might not even have had it in their lifetime. But generations from now... Uh, people, you know, we've laid our canal system over top that canal system. uh, And it's one of those things that doesn't really exploit anyone. Um, It is exploited, but it wasn't built to exploit anyone. And it was built to benefit all people. And thinking in that way is, I think, what we're trying to drive folks to understand better.
2: That is a really great example, because now you have to think about what would motivate large numbers of people to work that hard yeah. for something they aren't going to enjoy fully in this life. And maybe they die by working that hard. Mm-hmm. It's gotta be a big idea. And those are the, the things that move culture. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that undergird culture. And that's the philosophy part. And so we want the truth about reality. So when we invest our lives, it's for the right thing.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, when we're talking about these things, uh, I think we're starting to get into like potential universal human value things. Yeah. What are some things that you feel as though, uh, again, we can speak from the you cause then we're not having to speak about everybody else. What do you, what are some universal human values that you see and recognize? I think we have to look
2: at human beings and go from there. So I think one that I think we all would, uh, Value is integrity, Mm -hmm. saying it and and doing it. So if you, it's about wholeness. Are you one being? If you're one being and you say something, you should do it. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And instead of being a divided person, I say this thing and I do this. We want everyone to have integrity. Um, So that's one, I would say, value that is a universal. I don't know if, if, if there's anybody out there going... Uh, No, I don't want my used car salesman to have (laughs) integrity. That's just not something I value. Uh, Another thing is... Oh, before
0: you go, I wanted to interject on that because you mentioned wisdom. uh, And one of the things that I've been saying over and over again is you can know a truth, but unless you act as though the truth is real, it's not really real for you Mm -hmm. because you don't activate that truth into reality. So you're like, oh, I know if I eat good food that I feel better. But you don't eat good food, and you choose to feel the way you do for eating bad food, right? Um, It's nice because you've given me a language around this idea. Like, you know, you have to believe in the truth. Otherwise, you're not living like it's real. You just kind of know a concept that you're not believing in.
2: Exactly. That's integrity, too. You know this truth, and you do this truth. Yep. Consistently. But we aren't always consistent, so we've got to cut each other some slack or help each other see that. Um, that's why we need each other. Yeah. Um, but I think another thing that has economic import is work. Mm-hmm. Work is a universal. Mm-hmm. There is not a human being on the face of the planet that does not have to work in terms of expenditure of energy. Mm-hmm. And students are like, well, what about someone in a coma? Well, then nurses are doing extra work, mm-hmm. machines are doing work, but that mm-hmm. person still has there's something that keeps them going and we work. Mm-hmm. It's a universal. Yeah. Um another thing is authority. We're all under authority. We mm-hmm. argue about authority. Mm-hmm. But we're all born into the world. We're born ignorant. Someone has to teach us. Yeah. Alright, that's authority. Parents teach kids. There's institutions of culture. This gets really big. Yeah. And we are currently arguing about those things, but it's one of those human things. We're we have authority, and what's legitimate, what's not; those are the things we argue about. Human dignity. Yeah. What What is the root of human dignity? That's a universal. Mhm. Humans ought to be treated with dignity, uh, human equality. We argue about those things. We We don't want to say, "Oh, don't treat me like another human being." No, yeah. that's a universal. We want to be treated as a human. Yeah. And, and all kinds of things come out of this. Is where the racism. The gender, uh, economic disparities all come into this conversation about
0: what is a human. Yeah. Uh,
2: I can keep going. No,
0: no, this is great. It's nice because I think we're getting ready to turn the corner and, like, why knowing and having to believe in these truths is so important. Um, It's hard because I I, I think it's nice because part of what you said actually helps give away the end, right? Um, Unless you can recognize and attempt to always be seeking like real capital T truth. You then potentially waste your life on these little T truths that aren't true. And then you end up like me, right? You're trying to fly, but you keep eating dirt like over and over again. And nobody wants to live a life like that. It's hard because you can get news that will say, yes, you can fly. Uh, It's hard because you can get um, you can surround yourself with people that will tell you you can fly. But deep down, we just know it's not true, right?
1: Yeah. And
0: that sense of unsettledness leads to, uh, I think, of a lack of that good life idea, right? Um, yeah. How do you think we can live lives that help us seek truth better and recognize truth even when we don't like it? I
2: think having these kinds of conversations is the beginning. Mm-hmm. You need to ask hard questions we're all human we have these questions like what's the point why do i get out of bed every morning we're humans we have these questions so we need to a at least pretend like truth is out there Mm -hmm. and then we need to go look for it it's not in my little world if i don't know it then i need to go looking for it this is what socrates did he started Mm -hmm. asking people hey you look like you know something (laughs) what is justice you talk about justice and then Maybe he didn't find it, but he still believed it was possible to find, and he spent his life. And I'm going to tell you if you read Plato's dialogues, which all have Socrates as the um, main character, I think he did find some truths. Mm. And I think Plato wrote those dialogues in such a way that we have to think it through for ourselves. Mm. He's not going to tell you straight up, here's the truth. Because right. that process is very rewarding. I'm mm-hmm. trying to understand. And then when you get it, you're like, oh, I see it. Yeah. I'm not going to let this go. And so it does give us meaning. And we all need that. Uh, and so I would say it begins with this. Just us bringing the topic up. People become more conscious, more aware. They're like, huh, I never thought of that before. Mm-hmm. I'm going to think about it some more. And maybe they go take a class with Rowdy or they come take a class with Kelly and, and you know, take the next step or find some podcasts and do some more exploring. But I think one of the things I've learned is some people are farther along and wiser and we can go looking for people who are a little bit wiser than ourselves and ask them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, uh, again, like part of the reason why I wanted to have you here to talk about this stuff is because I'm just seeing a lot of people suffering with their certainty and truths that they haven't tested. Yeah. And it's a problem, but nobody's really talking about it because when we see people suffering from the certainty of a truth, they haven't tested, we just blame them. And it's hard because when we blame and judge other people, like, I I mean, you, you inherently know sometimes like when your ugliness comes up within you because you can feel it right. Like judging and shaming people. Like if you slow down, you know, it doesn't feel good. Um, and it's hard because the more and more we do these things, the worse and worse everything's becomes because we're not looking to have those arguments. Like you said, like we're not attempting to co-create meaning with mutual understanding together and everything's feels like it's falls apart because we're not willing to have those brave conversations. Um, and that's really what I was hoping to bring you on for is that we could talk about this and how could we see and sit with people that we disagree with and Uh, And find, like, you know, the realness in the experiences they're talking about. But then also be willing to be wrong about things uh, and be willing to learn from other folks, too. So I'm really excited that we had the opportunity to do this. I'm coming up, like, to the end of, like, my podcast upload audio time. Um, But is there a final thought that you want to leave people with?
2: I I think there's one more thing that you talked about in one of your uh, podcasts that I think is really important and that is we need to give each other a s- sort of freedom to to express ourselves with one another. We can't just cancel each other mm-hmm. or audit or call out or whatever. Mm-hmm. We need to give people some space to say what they think and be wrong and to have the freedom to come back and ask questions and. Uh, I think shouting each other down or canceling each other, it terminates the conversation. And if we terminate it, we can't help people change and we can't be changed. Mm-hmm. It's like, you've got your beliefs, I've got my beliefs and it is what it is and we don't grow. So I think freedom is really something that is important in, in right now where we're at and in, in this conversation we, we need to have. It.
0: Yeah, I can't remember. You may remember. There was a philosopher that was like, all ideas need consideration, because what if they're true? Is it Dewey? Maybe. Um. Well, because c- uh, one of the greatest tragedies I've ever heard is, what if you were the only person that was right, but no one would listen to you? Um, yeah. Like, w- granted, it might hurt us to hear someone's potential like version of reality or truth, but Again, in understanding it, in understanding why they feel and think that way, we better understand why they think and feel that way. And if they are wrong, then we can better understand why they're wrong. And if they're right, <laughs> we can live more true lives. That's okay. There's no loss there.
2: Right. I think what people are worried about is some ideas are harmful and they are. Yes. Um, but you can't get rid of like Nazism by canceling all the Nazis. The idea right. is still there. And Like you said, you have to fight ideas with ideas. Mm-hmm. You fight bad ideas with good ideas and then bad ideas will die. Mm-hmm. That's how bad ideas go away.
0: And we can but, be mad as heck at that bad ideas. We can like, yell at bad ideas and everything. All the aggression. We just got to focus into those ideas and not people
2: write out your best arguments
0: yeah put them out there. Yeah. well with that thank you I really appreciate you being here and you taking the time to talk through this with me um, just because I know I needed a little bit stronger philosophical background to uh, talk about these thoughts and ideas to share them with other folks um, so with that if this is something that you enjoyed uh, how can they follow you Kelly uh, if they're like Kelly you say interesting thoughts and ideas where can I learn from you
2: well, I am on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel under my name, Kelly Fitzsimmons Burton. Mm-hmm. And then I have a website. It's called Retrieval Philosophy, but it's r-e-t-p-h-i dot com. And I am on Facebook, but you've got to be a friend of a friend to find me. Right. It's kind of hard sometimes, But, uh, yeah, we're having conversations, and I invite you to join me.
0: Excellent. Excellent. And with that, I invite you to slow down a little bit like realize you don't know everything and put ideas and thoughts to the test and it's always okay to take a time out if you get upset or you're stressed like if someone seems to diminish your personhood and you have an emotions rising you don't have to keep going you can be like I need some time to think about that. I think that's a perfectly rational thing to get to do. And we don't always have to win or lose every argument in that interaction. Having a wider sense of time and space, I think, would, would help to serve us. And I think that's part of what we got from the conversation. So with that, um, I will. that is all I have for you today. So if you like this, please share it with somebody. Uh, share it with somebody else. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast... Uh, rate and review it um, but share the thoughts and ideas and keep engaging the conversations because I think the the good that exists in every person would like to co-create a better world together we're just bad at talking at it with each other and the more we've practiced the better we'll get thank you all
1: right
0: yeah thank you